You're listening to episode 57 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. Okay, get ready, my Mavericks, because today's show is a doozy. We have the CEO and co-founder of Inner Glow Circle, Katie DePala, on the show. And uh, I loved everything about this conversation. It was so raw and so real, and she's been through so much, yet has found incredible success in her business. And she's built her business on the back of hardship and struggle. And you guys have to hear this. The road to business success is hard. It comes at the price of sacrifice and resiliency. And that's Katie. Like she epitomizes that. So how do you keep going when it gets impossibly hard? How do you take your toughest experiences in life and in business and use them as the hidden gem, that secret to your business success? Katie lost her brother, has gone through debilitating illness. She's had major business disruptions and battles, but she's doing better than ever in business. So how is that? We're going to talk about it on today's show. Inner Glow Circle, her incredible community where she lifts people up in business. It's a place where entrepreneurs can come together for training and support to know that despite being in business for themselves, they're not in business by themselves, thanks to Katie. And she knows that the future of entrepreneurship is female, you guys, and she is living her purpose to support that truth, all while helping other women step into their purpose. So if you want to be inspired beyond measure and you want the actual tactical strategies of how you get through hardship and struggle and actually use it as the launching pad for your success, get the chance to hear how you can leverage those most challenging experiences for your business growth. You can't miss today's show. And make sure you check out the show notes today at elizabethhartke.com forward slash podcast forward slash 057 to snag the fromy, freebie for my homies, from Katie to help you identify that purpose. She has an awesome quiz and assessment that will help you figure out, well, what what am I being called to? How do I do this? And at the time of this recording, you can still apply to my Maverick Mastermind. Listen, if you're feeling stuck and you want to go next level in your business and you don't know exactly where to start, if you're a service-based business and you know that you're capped and you want to scale and you want to go to incredible heights, but you're not sure how to do that, if you're an influencer that's just trading brand deal for brand deal, if you are trading time for money, like if it's time to go and step into that purpose that we're talking about on today's episode Go check out the Maverick Mastermind and apply so that you and I can hop on the phone and see if it's the right fit because the people who are joining this opportunity, they're going next level. 2020 is their year. 10 times over, they're about to do magic in their business and in the world. So don't miss out on that. All right, Katie, I am so excited to have you on the show today because I have about a million questions teed up for you. No big deal. Because I've been watching what you're doing and what you're doing with the Inner Glow Circle, and I absolutely love it. So first of all, thank you for being here with me. Thank you, Elizabeth. I'm so excited. It's one of my favorite topics. Awesome. So all right, sister, let's let's talk for a minute here because I think our listeners, or I, I know, I'm pretty confident that our listeners are really going to resonate with different parts of your story. And stepping into successful entrepreneurship 
it was something on your heart, but it didn't happen like magic the way some people might picture it happening or seeing you where you are today and think that you just stepped into it at that level. Can you enlighten us a little bit? What was the journey like to get here? Was there a spark that that lit the fire for you to do what you do, inspiring women to tap into the purpose? I want to hear all things, Katie. Yeah. So so I'm the founder and CEO of Interglow Circle, and, and that's the company that I work in now. But this is actually my third business. And so I think, you know, you, you touch on a really great point right away, which is that I think a lot of people see entrepreneurship as like this really glamorous pathway and, you know, way of working and living. And there's the whole like hashtag work from wherever movement and all of that's really important. And it's true. I mean, I'm in New York right now and I live in DC and I was here recording a podcast and meeting with my book editor earlier this week. And so, you know, I can work from wherever and that's really exciting. But beyond that, you know, for me, at least it's really been a journey of trying to figure out what my purpose was. And my story is quite typical in that, you know, I went, I went to college, I went to Vanderbilt. So I went to a really good college and I graduated. I moved to New York city, which again, is not where I live now, but I'm, I've been back here a lot lately. And I really thought that was like the dream. I was in my early 20s. I was 21 when I moved here and I was so proud of myself and, you know, thought that was going to like have all the pieces come together. And I think that's what we all want as human beings. just feel like everything to finally start to make sense. And so after a few different jobs in PR and marketing and consulting, I really was just having that experience of, is this all there is? And I just kept asking myself that question. So I, I started, you know, looking around and, and trying to understand who I was and what I was quote meant to be doing with my life. And now I have a bit of a different take on that since I, I think I've figured it out and now I teach other people. But basically what happened was one day I found myself in the off- office bathroom calling my dad crying saying, you know, is this it? Like, is this all my life is going to be? I was working in sales for a startup and I was learning a lot. And I had a a new boyfriend, you know, that I had met at work. And in a lot of regards, things were going well. I was making good money. I was getting good commission checks. And I thought that all that stuff was the right stuff to be doing. And so I didn't understand why I wasn't happy. And I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So that was part of why I was, you know, in so much conversation with my my parents around the situation. But I really, you know, I said to my dad, like, is is this all it is? Like, is this how life is supposed to be? And I remember him saying something like, you know, Katie, your, your dream job probably doesn't exist. Like it might be something that you create for yourself. And, you know, I, I really hung on to those words and I started to work my way out of my current job. And I decided to move home to DC, which is, is where I had grown up. And I just, I made some quick decisions. I decided to start grad school. I started my very first business, which was an organic spray tanning company because there was a woman I had seen in New York for my spray tans that was just doing it out of her home. And I was just looking for an example. You know, I I knew I could work for the family business, but my family business, which is longstanding and they've been very successful is in the remodeling industry. And like, it just wasn't my passion. And I saw how much they were helping people. Of course, like people need like fences and roofs and all of those things, but I wanted to help people. That was something that was really clear for me very early on. And so I just, I started to sort of take different steps to figure out exactly how to do that. 
And I think that's one of the hardest parts of this work is like the map is not laid out for you. And usually the first thing you try is not going to be the thing. Right. Absolutely. And I want to highlight that for a sec because I know there are people listening who are feeling like they're putting so much pressure on taking their first steps instead of realizing that if they just start moving, they're going to be guided. They're going to be guided. It's never in vain. Like you can, just like you did, you said, this is your third business. Your first two led you to where you are today. And without having taken those first steps, you'd still be sitting in your desk job. You know, you'd still be in that sales position. So having the courage to step in to something, to start that momentum up building, and then know that it's going to lead you where you're meant to go and your evidence of that. So, all right, keep going. Cause I'm like, I'm resonating with so much of what you're saying. And there's so many parallels in our story. So I love hearing it. Yeah. And you're so right, Elizabeth. And like very literally for me, one thing led to another and not in any way that, that most people or I would have even thought. So I started grad school for, to get my master's in nutrition and I didn't know it then, but I had Lyme disease. I had chronic Lyme disease and I knew like I hadn't felt right for a long time, like pretty much since college, but I didn't know what was wrong. I just knew that eating healthier and healthier had made me feel better. Right. And so I had this passion for nutrition and I figured, oh, let me go try to be a nutritionist. Like maybe that will make me happy. Maybe that'll be the thing. Right. So on one hand, I start school, I start, you know, grad school for, for nutrition. And then on the other hand, I I know I have this itch for entrepreneurship and I liked making money. And I think that's really important to say because I wanted to help people and I felt good when I was helping people, but I also really wanted to make money. And that was really important to me. And you don't, it doesn't have to be one or the other, like money or helping people. You can actually have both, especially with the world that we live in now and how much freedom we have to create our careers. So I wanted to help people. And the only thing that I could think of based on, you know, my, my interest in the beauty industry and my skill set, which was like, I had graduated from a great school, but I didn't really have like technical skills in, in beauty or anything like that. And so, like I said, I started this spray tanning business and what happened was really, really quickly. First of all, I could make $60 in 20 minutes, which for me as a 24 year old was like, cool, because I could make like, which is almost $200 an hour. And that felt like good money to me. I could see how I could scale that, you know? And at the time I still had enough energy to be doing it all myself. So I could see a path of making six figures. And as a 24 year old who had just quit her job, moved home from New York, which in some ways felt like a loss or failure in certain ways, you know, even though I knew I was doing the right thing, this felt like, okay, maybe there's another opportunity here. But my company was called Whole Glow. And I always say this, but Whole Glow sort of had its own agenda because what happened was all these naked women were like coming in. This was airbrush spray tanning. When you get an airbrush spray tan, you're like all up in there. So what happened was I was spray tanning people. And because of the level of vulnerability in like stripping down like that, people were just telling me things and they were being super honest with me about their lives. So we'd have these 20 minute appointments that would turn into therapy sessions. And people say, there's this saying that hairstylists have all the secrets in the world. So I say, well, you know, people who do spray tans have even more because you're literally getting 
naked. And <laughs> I realized like women's bodies were such an access point for deeper conversations. So someone would come in and they'd say, Oh, you know, don't look at my stretch marks. Or, I just had a baby or I'm really embarrassed about this, you know, coaching me through their bodies when I'm like, you don't know all the things I've seen, right? Like I want you to feel comfortable. And we had a role that was no self-deprecation in the tan tent. And so we started to have this culture of like self-love and self-acceptance and inner beauty when we were really focusing on outer beauty on a, on a more direct level. And so it really started to evolve. And I started having conversations with people. And quite honestly, what happened was that I started to get worried that I was giving people too much advice and guidance and having these really deep, like big life conversations without actually having any training or like a background in therapy or psychology. And so because I was in my nutrition program and because I was like, it wasn't fully resonating with me. It was very, very technical. And I'm just, I'm not that a technical person. You know, I, I was getting it and I was doing okay, but I wasn't enjoying the work. And I knew it would take me two years to graduate and be able to have a, a full private practice. And two years felt like a freaking lifetime to me. And so I was like, I I started to understand more about coaching and I myself had hired a health coach. And so I just got really curious about it. And with everything that was happening in whole glow and the conversations I was having with different women wanting to be able to, you know, feel more legitimate and, and be of more service to them coupled with oh my God, I'm going to have to wait two years to really work with clients and build a private practice. I started to learn more about coaching and understand that I could start right away and make money right away. And that seemed like a miracle. So I dropped off my nutrition program and started a coaching program. Good for you. Not enough people like have the balls to just say, what's, where's my heart guiding me and what do I need? And what's going to get me closer to my long-term vision? Like you could have stayed the course on that nutrition program, like so many people would because they started it. So they have to finish it. Right. But would it really get you any closer to the purpose that you were called to be living in the business that you ultimately want to build? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think that's a great point. And for me, like the thing is I'm very commitment focused. So I could see the argument of like seeing something through. Mm -hmm. However, I'm also impatient and I have this like restlessness that I think a lot of people have, but I listen to it and I do let it lead me to some extent. And so my thing was, if I wasn't enjoying the classwork, like if I wasn't enjoying the day to day, if I left and tried something else, I could always go back. I think that's the other thing like people forget is like, if you make a move and you decide it's the quote unquote wrong move, there are no wrong moves. I don't think. But if you decide that was the wrong move, you can always go back. Yeah, I know. People act like their feet are stuck in cement once they make a decision. Right. So, you know, I wasn't making decisions every every day and, and changing directions. People do that too in the entrepreneurial world. And that doesn't really serve anyone. But, you know, I spent two months doing class and I didn't like it. And I, I didn't feel like I was learning enough. And I just, I had this angst inside of me of like, I need to do something now. I need to do something now. And that wasn't going away. And so what I do want to say for like our listeners is for those of you who have that like voice, that's like, I need to make a move. I need to make a move. I need to make a move. It's probably not going to go away. So like Elizabeth said, when we started, 
all you have to do is start moving, like choose something, knowing that you likely will choose something else, but you know, choosing a thing will lead you to the next thing. And I really think that's how it happens. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So at what point did Inner Glow Circle kind of come to life? You know, this is where you're at now. It's humming, you're you're making your impact and you feel purpose driven in your work. When did that come into play? So I I started coaching and I, I started building my coaching practice right away. And I did quite well pretty soon. So like I started building a private practice within two months of starting my training program. And you know, I, I just it started growing and I ended up having to hire someone to help me with whole glow so that I could grow the coaching practice. And then just through listening to my clients, again, you know, one thing leads to the next, but I started to realize that there was a need for a bigger company, a bigger space and more voices than just my voice. And I had been running these women's circles in person just to sort of get clients together and give them an opportunity to bring other clients. And it ended up being a huge way that I grew my practice people would meet me in person and and then ask if we could talk about working together. And I just was getting so many referrals from that, that I started to realize like I needed a space to put all this together. So I started to feel that I needed to scale. And because I came from a family of entrepreneurs, I think I knew that I wanted to grow a much bigger business. So for a lot of entrepreneurs, I think where it starts, and this is where it started for, for me was like, you want to get to that really celebrated six figure mark where you're like, okay, I'm making a hundred thousand dollars from this, which is kind of funny, right? Cause it's all a bit arbitrary based on expenses and what it actually looks like. But a lot of people want to get to the six figure mark. A lot of our students, that's what their goal is starting out to replace whatever income they had in corporate or right. reach a certain goal. And so I was doing that, but I, I had dreams of going much beyond that. And so after coaching for two years, I decided to open IGC inner glow circle. The name came from when we were, when I was spray tanning with whole glow, we called the spray tanning your outer glow. And as I started to add on coaching, because I wanted to be able to talk about that business in the same space, I called it your inner glow. And so I called it inner glow coaching. And so when we launched inner glow circle as this community you know, where there were different coaches and clients at all different levels and some had businesses and some didn't. I mean, really now it's, it's a mastermind. Like that's what, you know, the industry word is, but even five years ago, masterminds were not as popular as they are now. So I thought I was creating something that hadn't ever existed before in any form. And I think, you know, there's a lot of different masterminds and now we've evolved into actually a certification program and more accredited by the International Coach Federation. But one thing really, really, really did lead to another. Yeah, that's amazing. And there are pieces of your story, if you'd be vulnerable and trusting enough to share them with us. I know that after you started your business, it's not like it was all just easy peasy. Like things didn't just go super smoothly. And I also before you get into it, I want to kind of pinpoint something that you mentioned that I'm sure you take for granted because of who you are. But you said when you started your coaching business, it just started to grow and scale and it didn't just grow and scale. You did the work and offered 
the value so that it could grow and scale? Because I can already hear the voices of our listeners like, oh, what'd you do? Go viral? Or is it because she's just so pretty and all these people flock to her and want to work with her? It's There is so much behind growing and scaling a business and it's based in how dirty you got your hands, you right. know? Yeah. So, okay. I think it's worth breaking down for a second and then we can mm-hmm. get all the yeah, up please that do. happened in my life. And then people will really uh, realize that I'm not perfect. But yeah, so you make a you make a really, really great point. And we talk to our students about this all the time too. So how it really happened was this. I was in coach training and I was confident. Like I was like, you know, they, I remember somebody was having a conversation about giving each other referrals and I was like, bring it. So that was the thing that I think set me apart early on. And, and actually this is quite research-based, but the number one block to going for their entrepreneurial goals and dreams for women is lack of confidence. And so confidence is something that we as a company have learned how to teach and train around. And a lot of people don't want to admit that they want to, that they need to work on their confidence, but we all need to work on our confidence, you know? So I, I did sort of come from a place of confidence early on. And so one of my classmates gave me a referral and then another classmate gave me a referral and another classmate gave me a referral. One of those is now my business partner, which is really funny. It was really referral based early on. And then what happened was I started leading these really, really tiny women's circles in my then 400 square foot apartment. So I had this tiny little condo in DC. I had just broken up with a boyfriend and moved out. And I I had like, I think five or six people at my first circle. And then there were like eight people. And, you know, this was like, my alternative to networking. I didn't want to have to go out and network. That felt so weird to me and just not my thing. And I had to do a lot of that when I was in New York. And so I didn't want to do that in my own business. And so it was really like grassroots. It was really like one by one until it became a lot more automatic. Like I just was leading a monthly women's circle, like a women's event. And we talk about different topics like self-love or self-care. And you're right. I did show up and lead those events, even when I didn't feel like it, or even when I was in a bad mood. Or I remember, you know, I got dumped by another guy and had to lead something that night. And so it, my point is not all the breakups that I have had over the years. My point is <laughs> that sometimes you don't feel like it. And I'm sure you'll understand this and, and hopefully agree with me. It's okay if you don't. But in my opinion, Elizabeth, there's this big conversation in our industry, in the self-help industry, in the coaching industry, in the entrepreneurial industry about things feeling good and things need to feel good and feel aligned in your business. And I think that's true to some extent, but I also don't think business always feels good. Just like life doesn't always feel good and you still have to stick it out and stay here, right? And so there were a lot of times in my business that felt hard or felt like I didn't have all the energy. I mean, I had chronic illness. I had Lyme disease. And so a lot of times I didn't feel like getting on the phone with a client, but I was committed. And so I showed up and did it anyway. And what I realized was that coaching and doing my work and helping people was the thing that reminded me of my purpose, was the thing that like rerouted me. So 
in the times that I was really sick, so there was a point where like I was bedridden, but because I was a coach who worked on the phone and on the internet, I could still work. And so it was like this amazing miracle. And we see a lot of our, we actually have a lot of students who have like chronic illness and we have a lot of, you know, students who like have had a baby while they're in training or have a newborn. I think it's so interesting, like the the world of, of coaching and entrepreneurship for women, especially if you're starting as a solopreneur, you have so much freedom and flexibility, but that doesn't mean that you just get to blow things off. Like you're still building a legitimate business. And I think a lot of times you have to hold yourself accountable to seeing that business as a really serious thing, even if it's not making six figures or multiple six figures or seven figures yet. Like I always took my business seriously. I never saw it as a hobby. Even when like, I remember once my accountant was like, Katie, if you guys don't start turning a profit, you look like you're, this is a hobby, not a business. And I was really offended. And then I like really appreciated it because I realized she was right. You know, even then I treated it like a business. I never saw it as like a side hustle. I was like, no, this is the main thing. And my day job is my investor. Yes. I say that all the time and it's so true. And it's, one of my mentors, one of my first mentors in business, probably like 10 years ago told me, if you treat it like a hobby, it'll reward you like a hobby. And if you treat it like a business, ultimately it will end up treating you like a, it, treating you like a business, like you're running yeah. a business, like you're the real deal. And that's hard to do in the beginning when you're not generating income or when it's almost, you, you feel like you're, you're hemorrhaging more money than you're bringing in and saving. But it's such a blessing and such a gift to have entrepreneurship and to find the thing and the vehicle that you're going to pour your purpose into to take your life to the next level and to serve your people along the way. And that's one of the pieces that you mentioned of like sitting in that bed and seeing it as a gift, not like, I have to show up and do what I have to do today. It's like, oh my God, I'm so blessed. I'm in this state of my life that's so hard where I would normally maybe not be able to show up and make an income where I can be not only making money still as I sit in my bed, but I can be serving people. I can be making an impact, which then brings so much joy into your spirit, which makes you better and grow. And it's just like seeing it for what it is. And I think no matter what struggles you go in, you you suffer through in your life, if you suffer through it with purpose, with knowing that the thing that you're doing in your business at the core is what you feel called to do, nothing's going to stop you because it's, it's etched on your soul. It's a piece of who you are. You have to do it. Like without doing it, you feel 10 times more sick than you've probably ever felt having Lyme or going through what you're going to share that you went through because how do you not be you? Like that's who you are called to be. So what a gift that you had that and you believed that and you were able to give back as you were going through what you went through. Yeah, you're so right. Let me digress here for a minute. I couldn't even wait for my voice to come back to tell you guys about this because I know if you're listening to the show, you're exactly what I would call a maverick. You're this unorthodox, independent-minded go-getter that's not particularly interested in coloring inside the lines, if you know what I mean. And there's evidence of that too because if you're running a business or a brand, it's because you had this calling on your heart. And you had this desire to do something of your own and breathe life into that dream and that mission. 
But you also know that there's this other level for you and that mission that you have on your heart. Don't you know that? Like you feel it in your gut? I know because I did. But in the middle of all this hustling and building and scaling, I was asking myself, is all this hustle, is this for something bigger? Is this ever going to be different? Am I ever going to build something that's actually scalable and that gets me towards my vision? It wasn't until the year I joined my very first mastermind and group coaching program. All of a sudden, after joining that, I went from trying to figure it out on my own and hoping that my next idea would work while I took on more one-on-one coaching clients despite having no time left in the day. And then I went to creating a business and a brand that was finally making its impact. And in this mastermind, I had access to a coach, someone guiding me through the process who was totally invested in me and my mission. And it was like, the meeting of the minds. They brought together all these other maverick thinkers to bring value to the group, to mastermind with each other, to lift each other up, to hold each other accountable, and to give us that fast-tracked process, like the strategy, the know-how of what we needed to move things forward. Wouldn't that be amazing to finally feel like you're not just pulling it from everywhere and trying to piece it together over the course of five, 10 years and wasting all this money and time, but you, you're you doing it now. You're seeing the results. You're making the impact. You're making the income. So if you're this solopreneur or you're a one-man show or someone with a few contracted people on your team that you use for different things, or you're starting to generate income and you've grown your income a bit, but you know there's a better way of doing this, or you're an influencer, but you rely way too much on social media, which can shut you down at any minute, and you rely on your following, but it's not actually getting you paid well enough, or it's just brand deal after brand deal, or you're the service-based business like I used to be with no scalable offers that are going to help you grow past this plateau, you feel stuck, but you have these big, and I am talking stupid big dreams you want to make happen. I feel you. I was you. And I know that I can help you because I did it myself. So I usually keep it behind closed doors, invite only, very selective, but I've had enough of you connect asking how they can be a part of this, how you can channel into some of the things that I've been doing behind the scenes with other people to help them see the success and the growth in their impact, in their influence, in their income, in their freedom of time. So I thought about it and I prayed about it and I decided that if I had the solution to a struggle that I've personally experienced and I know other people are going through, it's hard to scale a business on your own and turn this vision into a reality. I had to share with people, my people, and that's you guys. So this is literally for you, my Maverick Mastermind and Group Coaching Accelerator. It's going to be locked and loaded and designed to be that launching pad for you to build the business that supports your craziest, wildest dreams. Not just winging it, not just hustling, building the business strategically that's getting you where you want to go, like now. But here's the catch, because I feel, and I've always kind of felt this way, I feel really strongly about pouring into each maverick that's a part of this movement. So I limit my spots very much so, hence my hesitation of sharing it here. And let me put the disclaimer on it. This isn't for people who haven't started yet or haven't put their wheels in motion in any capacity. This is for the Mavericks who have something established and are ready to go to the next level. The next level in their business, in their lives, have the breakthroughs that they've never had before, feel clarity in their mission, their branding, and walk through my scaling up method that's totally proprietary to this group alone. So if that's you, or if you had someone pop into your head when you're listening to this and you're like, 
okay, my best friend, my sister, my spouse, they're kicking butt, but they need help. Make sure you get over to the application page or send them over to it. We'll be hand selecting applicants. You don't want to miss the opportunity to make this next year the year that actually changes everything. So you can find that application over at elizabethhartke.com forward slash mastermind underscore maverick. That's elizabethhartke.com forward slash mastermind underscore maverick. And there will be a link in the show notes for you too. I cannot wait to get started with this group. This is going to be the most epic 2020. I just had to share it with you, despite my raspy little laryngitis voice. So let's get back to the show. You're so right. We have to like lock into our purpose. Mm -hmm. And for me, after I started IGC, there were a slew of different things that, that kind of hit me hard. And I think the reason why I was able to work through all those situations and actually not just survive, but thrive is because I knew what my purpose was going into it. With some of the things that happened, I'm not going to say that they were easy at all or that not knowing my purpose was a harder thing. But if you know why you're here and and part of that is choosing it, right? Like no one's going to come down and say like, here's the thing that you're supposed to do with your life. But Mm -hmm. If you know why you're here and you decide that's what you're going to do with your life, then what you start to do is just weave that through everything else and use that as the lens. People call it your North Star, right? So what happened for me was that exactly 100 days after we started the company, after we started Inner Glow Circle, I got a call that my brother passed away. And my brother was 20 years old. He he died from an accidental overdose. And, you know, this is like a hard thing to talk about. It's a hard thing for people to hear. I think, you know, death is so um, life altering. But what happened was at first, I just, his death turned my world upside down and I started questioning everything even more than I ever had. Right. So I sort of was like, you know, cause, cause you go into that victim place, which I don't think it's healthy to stay there forever, but I think it's okay and, and natural and normal to be there. But you know, I went into that place of like, why me and why my family? And we, I thought I was doing everything right. Right. Why do bad things happen to good people when they're not necessarily correlated, right? Like my brother passing away really has nothing to do with whether or not I'm living my purpose in the world. But what I eventually decided, and it took me a couple years, I really, really struggled with my brother's death. But IGC, my company, was the thing that kept me waking up in the morning. It was the thing that kept me having a purpose. I took off work for a few weeks, but like I didn't really stop working. And honestly, I think that's the thing that saved my life because I really, really struggled. I had a lot of questions about life and why things happen and what's the point and okay we're all worried about money but like what about the fact that someone can literally disappear overnight like that was earth shattering to me and i really had to go back through my value system and start to understand why i believed what i believed and some of those beliefs did start to change and evolve i mean i made myself a promise that never again would i get upset about anything that money could fix. 
if there's actually a solution, I don't think it's really a problem. But if there's not a solution, then it's a problem, right? And and I come from like this sort of tough Italian family and my my parents are awesome. They're super generous and really down to earth, but they're also like tough, right? So uh, my dad would, I would say, you know, this is going on in the business and this is going on. And he'd say, Katie, come to me when you have a real problem. <laughs> and so, it. you know, I say that sometimes to our team, like jokingly, but being too busy is not a real problem. It's just, you need to delegate differently or you need to have, you know, help come on or whatever. But when my brother passed away, that was a real problem. Like that was a real thing that I needed to navigate and deal with and, cope with. And there's so much guilt of like, could I have done more? And, you know, he struggled for, for years, but we had a great childhood and we had a, a great, we have a great family. And so I, I really couldn't understand it all. And I have the kind of brain that you probably have too, where like, you want to understand why, like things need to seem linear. And this was not linear. There's certain things that the brain cannot make sense of, you know, whether it's trauma or loss or whatever, you know, the situation might be. And so I really struggled with trying to make this make sense in my life. And I had to integrate this new information that my brother wasn't here anymore. And that, you know, he had passed away from an overdose. That was really, really hard for me. But one day I made a decision and I, I decided that just because Bo passed away, like, and because he wasn't here, didn't mean that I had died. And there was this part of me that was operating like I was like I was sort of dead, like I wasn't fully here. And I realized like, Kitty, this is not what Bo would want. You know, like he would want you to be living your life. And I actually had all this, this sense that he was really at peace. I was the one who wasn't at peace. And so I decided I was going to be at peace. Like I decided that I would figure out how to be at peace about what had happened. And, and I, I had this sort of radical thought that I wanted to be able to get to the place where not only could I celebrate Bo's life, but that I could actually have peace and celebrate the fact that he had passed away too, because I knew that it was all working towards something greater that we were, that like, this was part of his purpose too. And my family's really spiritual. And we sort of all like agreed that like that, okay, that was Bo's contract. Like that was the life he was meant to live. Like my contract was still running. So I had to get involved in my life again in a new way. And I know this is like sort of trippy and, and, you know, probably some of our, our listeners are going to have gone through really tough situations like loss. And maybe you're going through something like that right now. And what I want to say is that it took me two full years to really even be able to have these conversations with myself. And the the book that I'm publishing early next year, it's pretty much done. It's in my editor's hands now, but you know, it's all about turning our biggest obstacles into our greatest opportunities and I'll never be able to say that I'm so happy my brother passed away. I would be like completely delusional if that was how I spoke or thought or whatever, right? But what I can do is say here's what my family did. We started a foundation in his name. We have a big tournament every year and raise, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for mental health. And we've started talking really openly about it. And many people come to us saying that we've saved lives, uh, you know, of people in their families because we've been having transparent conversations that nobody was having around us, right? Like, like 
Bo's struggle was a secret. And that's not okay. Mental health has all these stigmas and, you know, drugs have stigmas. And I think it's really important to talk about these things. And the best thing my family could do with what we had, what we had in front of us was talk really openly about it and not push it under the rug. I don't want to like totally simplify and just say, oh yeah, we're all making, you know, lemonade out of lemons, but what else are you supposed to do? And so whatever you're going through in your life, like I encourage you to, to try to find what I call the glow in the dark. What is the opportunity inside of the pain? And if it's not obvious, how could you maybe create one, right? Because we, ha- we are given these situations in life and I don't, I don't believe in the law of attraction the way that other people do. Like, oh yeah, you're just attracting, you know, this trauma in your life or you're attracting this toxic relationship. I think things do just happen sometimes, but what you do have power over and where you can create, so I would call this more like the law of creation, but what you can create is a different reality for the future. You have a lot of control there. You know, we can't control the way life happens, but we can impact how we think about it, how we deal with it, how we talk about it and what we do with it. And so for me, that has been very healing. It's not going to work for everybody, but for me, it has been very healing to realize like I could take the hard parts of my life and turn them into something really beautiful. It's a tricky dichotomy. And so much of what you just said I'm sitting here just like in awe listening to how you've kind of the evolution of that moment when you lost your brother and how kind of your purpose even started to shift. Like these things that you learned and these decisions that you were kind of forced to make because you are forced to make them. At some point, you're either going to keep living like you lived in those two years where it was just suffering and and loss of, of yourself at the same time that you lost your brother or am I going to give this a different meaning? And am I going to find that glow in the dark? And it is a tricky dichotomy. And I feel like up, up until even just a couple of years ago, in my mind, it was good or bad. Mm. Like you were either in a period of your life that just sucked and you had to just like grind through it. And eventually it would get better because time heals all wounds or things were great. But it was really hard for me to understand how you could go through loss or suffering and still be joyful and purposeful because it felt almost wrong. Like the narrative that I had written on that was like, well, if I just suffered this loss and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm joyful and, and bright and sharing and doing good, it's taking away from how I should be when I'm suffering. And I couldn't figure out how to blend those two worlds. And then once I had children, I realized that, oh, there are so many things in life where you're going to be continually suffering or bearing your own crosses as you're so purposeful and as you're such a light and you are making an impact and it's not either or. And I feel like your story is just like the summation of that thought. I see so much of what you're doing with the IGC and and the impact you're making, but I think even more so is like those last 10 minutes that you just talked about. That to me, if people could listen to that on repeat, and understand that it's not either or. It's not, you know, my just my purpose in my career, how I can make money, or what I'm called to, you know, in terms of entrepreneurship, or if I'm going through this thing, I gotta just like pause my life and go through this thing. It's like it's all just this one giant mess that is our life, and it's all just interwoven. And you, you just do your best with it, and you put meaning on things that might 
feel pretty grim. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that because it (laughs) certainly impacted me. And I know that our listeners are going to feel that too in a, in a very deep way. And I think about your brother in heaven and how proud he must be to, to see his sister kind of carrying on his legacy in a way that maybe he couldn't have if he had, had remained here. Right. Yeah. And maybe this was like his plan the whole time. We just didn't know. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I think, you know, it's worth talking about like people's spiritual beliefs for a second because sure. everybody has different spiritual beliefs or maybe you don't have spiritual beliefs and that's okay too. And, but I would say like, you know, whether you call it gratitude or affirmations or, you know, a really great pep talk, we all have the opportunity to like pray, right. Or ask for things. And you can call it whatever you want. Like sometimes I'll use certain words and people, you know, clients will say, oh, that word doesn't resonate with me because I had a bad experience in this religion or that religion. I completely understand that. And so, you know, for me, like I really have created my own version of faith because it's what I've needed to survive. And I, I talk to like God and the universe. Like those are things that resonate for me, but I also like talk to the trees and, you know, I think other humans, right. And our higher selves. and. I think we're all, like you said, we're all looking for our purpose. But at the end of the day, I feel that we all just want to be happy and we want to feel like we had a good day and we want to feel like we have peace in our lives and that we have enough love to like get us through the hard times. And you're so right. You make such a great point, Elizabeth, that I think the biggest challenge as human beings is being able to hold the light and the darkness, the good and the bad at once. And a lot of times life will say like, here's this really great thing. And then maybe moments later or the day, a day later or a month later, it will say, here's this really hard thing. And it'll say, here, hold this hard thing and this really great thing at once. And how do you do that? Like, so we actually have to open our hearts. We're supposed to talk about scaling business here, right? But we have to open our hearts to both. And, and for me, like I have retrained my, my brain to see pain as, okay, something else is coming. It's Mm -hmm. not the end here. You know, there's a process involved there and it involves a lot of therapy. At least it did for me and all kinds of healing, but healing is possible. Whatever mindset you're in right now, people would tell me all the time, oh, you'll never get rid of your Lyme disease. I had 30 doctors tell me that in addition to like, you know, all the people who think they know things. And then, you know, you'll always, you'll always be grieving your brother's death. It'll never, you know, the pain will never go away. I have to say, I mean, if I sit there and look at like videos and pictures and like really go into it or play some certain songs or I can like feel like a lot of pain, but on a daily basis, I do not feel sad that my brother is not here. I feel at peace and I feel like it's, it's all okay. And we've had brought like new life into our family. My brother just had a baby and that has been like so healing for our family because Bo was the baby. And now there's this other little baby boy and it's sort of crazy, but he was like the exact same birth weight as Bo. And, you know, I feel like a, a, a really strong connection with him. And so I just, I think that we can create healing and, and, and all of that ties back to our purpose and the work that we're doing in the world. I knew that I had to get better because, you know, I didn't have kids and I don't have kids yet. I hope to have kids, 
but I didn't have kids, but I had a company and I knew that I needed to be healthy for my business. And so IGC was like a huge inspiration and our students and our team were a huge inspiration in me continually working to get better. I didn't want to accept what everyone else said that I would never really heal or that the pain would never go away. I understood that maybe that was true for some people, but I believe that what's true for other people doesn't necessarily have to be true for me. Definitely. Definitely. And, and inner glow circle became, that was your baby. And that being a mom, here's what I can tell you. I know that no matter what I'm going through, I'm able to rise above it for my kids. Like if they need their mother, especially I have little kids, I have a four-year-old, two-year-old and a 10-month-old. Wow. Pretty, pretty dependent. You know what I mean? And yeah. life is chaotic and we have three businesses in our family that we're running um, my, between my husband and I, and there's a lot going on. And I've suffered loss and I could totally connect with your story about Lyme disease because I've gone through adrenal fatigue and there were days where I literally couldn't blow dry my hair because I didn't have the strength to hold up the blow dryer. And so I get it. But when my, my baby needs something, I find the strength. You know, you right. you do it because it's your baby. And you've done that with IGC. And, and people, the recipients of that are more blessed for it. So can we talk to our listeners who might be suffering through something and maybe haven't found the purpose in it yet or haven't found, haven't mustered up the energy to show up for that baby, meaning their business, how do you do it? Like you're in that moment, you're in one of those days where it's like, you're physically depleted, you're emotionally depleted. What does it look like? What do you bring to the table when you feel like you have nothing in the tank? Well, there's this this thing that I teach and it's a very quick thing, but I think it's worth mentioning here because you mentioned energy and like when when I was sick and, you know, dealing both with physical and mental health things, I, to me, energy was like the toughest resource to, to come by. And that was the thing that felt like it was the most valuable. And so through all of that experience, I realized like, to me, there are five main resources and I call this melts because they, they sort of melt together and we loop, you know, we, we group them all into one, but it's melts, M E L T S money, energy, love, time, and space money, energy, love, time, and space. And so if you're short on one resource, there's probably another that you have a little bit more excess of. And so I'll have students do this exercise where we go through and write out all the five buckets of resources and score themselves. Like, are they profitable or are they in debt, right? In each category. What I would encourage you to do is like resources can usually be used to make more of the other resources. So, you know, if you feel like you're a little bit more stable around money right now, but not around energy, or you've got time, but you don't have money or energy, like see how you can use the resources that you do have. Because, you know, when I started working from home more for my my day job, when I was still working a day job, then I started to have more time and I was able to use that time to make money. I didn't have energy, but I could hire some like a massage therapist to come in or go to acupuncture and that use money to make more energy, right? And so we do have to like look at how we can rework our resources. And that's a really practical thing that you can do. I think that also just so much of it is mindset work and mindset work is like such a buzzy word right now. But to me, mindset is more about like really 
knowing what thoughts you're thinking, knowing what beliefs are running the show, and being willing to challenge the beliefs in your own mind. It's really important that you have a mindset of, I'm not going to let the bad stuff that happens to me take me out of the game. Like I'm going to go after what I want. And if you stand up to the challenges in your life like that, I I think the challenges either start to go away or they become easier to overcome. You know, I I don't want to say we're being tested all the time as human beings, but I do think certain things happen to say like, are you sure? Are you sure you want that? Okay, Katie, you say you want to have this big company and lead all these women. Are you sure? Are you sure? What about this? Are you sure if it's like this? What if we give you this challenge? Are you sure? Right. And I'm being silly about it, but I I think that happens. And I hear so many students and clients and even friends and colleagues over the years, like say like, Oh, well this happened. And then like this other big personal thing happened. And so I think that's a sign that I'm not supposed to do it. I just don't agree with that. I definitely look at signs and you know, I've got my own spiritual practices and ways that I kind of tap in and get guidance. But I don't think that just because something's hard is a sign you shouldn't be doing it. You know, it might be a a reason that, you know, an opportunity to rework things. So you got to have that sort of rigorous mindset around your, your goals and your desires. And then I think the last piece is like, I talk about glowing through what you're going through. So to me, what that means is working to find your purpose and live it, even when you're going through hard times, especially when you're going through hard times. Pain is a hard thing. Pain is a hard thing. And you get to be a victim. And you know, no one can say, you're, you're making this a bigger thing than it is. Like You get to say how big this thing is in your life. But even though pain is a hard thing, it doesn't have to just be a hard thing. And I talk a lot about rebranding resilience. And it's not just about like the bounce back. It's not just about getting back up on your feet. It's about, okay, this big thing happened. I went through a divorce. I lost someone that I love. I'm dealing with chronic illness. Childhood trauma has come back into my space and I'm dealing with it. How do I actually make this part of my purpose? Like, how do I actually, and it doesn't have to be the thing that you teach or the thing that you talk about in the work that you do, but it could be another reason why you do what you do. You know, you could think about all the other women or men out there who have gone through similar things and how much they need to hear from someone who's as real and honest as you are. And maybe that's not, you know, talking about all, all your stuff. Not everybody wants to use their life stories as their story and their um, message in business, but you can let those things shape who you are and make you be, you know, make you into an even more real and authentic and grounded person. And I, I, I think I was having a conversation the other day with someone in an interview about the self-help industry and the coaching industry and is it saturated and da, 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 da. And, you know, I think whatever message you have for people, like they need to hear it. And there, there are people out there who specifically need to hear from you and your life story is so important. Like telling the truth about what you've been through is so important. And we can sit here and talk about building businesses all day long. But I think to a lot of people, the more interesting thing is like the challenges that have come up along the way. And at every turning point, deciding like, you know what? I'm going to stick through it. I'm going to stick through it. And there were absolutely times, as I'm sure there probably have been for you and every other person who's listening, that I really thought about giving up. And I actually assessed like, okay, 
what's like the cost benefit analysis here. But I always chose to keep going because that was what I desired. And that was what made sense to me. And I thought that that was how I was going to have the biggest impact. And now being on the other side of things, like I'm so glad I'm Lyme free. I found a doctor who could completely get rid of my Lyme disease. So I've been Lyme free for two years now. It's a total miracle. I mean, I can't tell you how many doctors told me I would never, it would never actually go away. And, you know, like I said about my brother, I have a lot of peace. And so I'm very happy and I'm very grateful. And I'm on the other side of things now. When I look back at the Katie who was, you know, really struggling four years ago, three years ago, I mean, obviously she's part of me, but I feel like I'm a different person now. I've evolved so much, but that's only because I stuck with her back then too. You've been given a set of tools now that not only serve you as life will continue to throw crap balls at us, you know, it's, you're not, you're not, you're not immune to what, you know, what could happen over the next 50, 60 years. But at the same time, you're given a set of tools that allows you to serve more deeply and you our treasure, Katie, having this chat with you. So eye-opening and so powerful. And I am so grateful that you took the time to to come be with us because I know my audience is really going to deeply connect with what you've shared. And you kind of mentioned it. Like we can talk about scaling a business all day, but without these fundamental principles, as soon as life throws something at you, you're derailed. You know, like what good is all the business knowledge you have and all the plans and all the ROI and all the different things if you don't know how to survive your life, thrive in your life. So this was a gift. I just wanted to ask you a couple quick questions that I know that my audience will be curious about. Bring it. Who inspires you on your way to this part of your journey moving forward? Like who are the, the people that are maybe directly in your life or from a distance that you see their message or you see how they live. And it's like, okay, that's totally speaks to my heart. I mean, there's definitely like a lot of women leaders and authors in the space that inspire me. And like, I I look up to them for their work, but I have to say like, what really inspires me is my family, you know, seeing how they've been able to live with these really hard things because they're the closest in proximity. And I see it day in and day out. And just even seeing my parents, like, go through losing a child and being able to create from that place and knowing like their hearts are like so broken, but also so full. It's just, again, it's just a miracle. And it's so interesting to see. And I'm so lucky to have those examples. And our students really inspire me, but I think also who I was, right? I, I always say like, you are your first and most important client and you will always be your first and most important client. My boyfriend asked me the other day, he's like, what are you most excited about with your book? And I was like, honestly, that I got it all out, that it was so therapeutic for me. And he's like, well, then you've already won. And I just thought that was so cool. And I I agree. And that's like the kind of stuff, you know, I tell other people too, but you know, you're creating for an audience of, of one, you're creating for you. And if, if you're creating for you and you feel good about everything you're doing, then then that's all that really matters. So I think I have to say, I know it might be sounds weird, but me, like I'm my inspiration. I have to always be coming back to that. But I think the best thing we can do is create for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And then we know it's, it's what's on our heart. Okay. Next question for you. Resources. So along the way, have there ever been any 
events, seminars, courses, books, podcasts that like right off the bat, you're like, okay, you've got to go listen to this. You've got to go to attend this seminar. Or I went to saw, see this person speak and it changed everything for me. Like I know my audience is always kind of collecting ideas of what to be reading or listening to or, or attending any that stick out to you. Yeah. I mean, I would say like one of the authors and I've, I've seen her speak a few times um, that's influenced me the most is Glennon Doyle. Her book, Love Warrior was like life changing for me when I was going through, you know, my hard time. And I've been to some of her events and seen her speak. And I just really appreciated how real she was, you know, and I, I, I sense she's the type of woman that, you know, people see her and think one thing. And then once you hear her story and she starts to really tell the truth, and I don't know her personally, but she was really inspiring to me. And a lot of her work has inspired my work. Yeah, absolutely. And where can people come find you? Because I know they're going to want to after they hear this. So you can come to our website. There's a ton of information there. Lots of fun stuff. It's innerglowcircle.com. We actually have this really great assessment too to help people find their purpose and what they're meant to be doing with their lives. And so you can find that at innerglowcircle.com slash purpose. And then on Instagram, we're at innerglowcircle. And I personally am at it's Katie DePaula. Awesome. Well, I'll include that in the show notes so that people can get access to that assessment. And can't thank you enough, Katie. This was amazing. And uh, like I said, you really are a gift and what you bring into the world is not anything that I take lightly because I see like that ripple effect happening. It's a big deal. And what you're doing is making a massive difference. And it's really cool to see you shine your light the way you do. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.